Hey everybody, welcome to The Pen and the Voice. This is Samantha and Katie sharing with you our love of storytelling, songwriting, and the ups and downs of creative life. And in today's episode, we'll talk about the stage persona and mental health. We want to tackle how the stage can have a dynamic of its own, how it might terrify you if you suffer from stage fright, for example, um, or how it might bring out the best in you. Um, yeah, and we also want to look into how the stage persona can be separated from your real life persona and what that means for your mental health. So I think there's a lot to look into and let's dive right in, shall we, Samantha? Yes, we shall, Katie. I'm really excited about this one because I think it's something that doesn't get talked about enough. And um, I think we all on one end of the spectrum or the other can relate to it. Um, I was actually, just to jump right in, um, was reading about Brandy, the R&B singer, and she was talking about how she's had low-key stage fright for years. And it's funny because someone so successful and someone who is such a great performer, great singer, great recording artist to say that she has stage fright really kind of took me by surprise. I heard it before, but I, I saw something again when she was talking about how on Broadway, that was an opportunity for her to kind of shift gears. And she was saying how hours before she would get anxiety and nervousness and she would go to like a space of calm with, you know, the classical music she would listen to just to kind of you know, get her ready so that when she hit the stage in this different way, she was able to deliver and do something that she always dreamed about, you know? And so not only was it, like I said, of course, interesting to mention that she had this stage fright, but to see her find a place to go to give her calm, even in the midst of an anxiety, you know, attack or, you know, anxiety situations, when it came to something that she loves so much, you know, and that that's interesting. I can imagine not just her, but so many other, you know, from the biggest acts to someone who's just starting out with an open mic might feel about that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's that's a very interesting topic. I mean, I'm certainly guilty of stage fright myself. And I, I think that's interesting that you mentioned, you know, there's so many popular and highly successful artists out there that still struggle with it as well, even maybe years into their careers. And this is important to talk about because, you know, you might never get rid of it. And it might be something that that's a good thing that just shows that you care about what you do, obviously. But um, yeah, there's so many reasons to develop stage fright as well. Like, is it about you? Is it because you are, you know, scared to make a fool of yourself on stage? Or is it about you not wanting to disappoint the audience? So there's so many sides to it, right? Like you have a responsibility on stage as well, because you you certainly mirror the energy that's in the room. And, and I think these are all the things that can be overwhelming for artists, um, especially if you've never really developed a habit of being on stage regularly. I think that makes it all the harder as well. Like... You know, it's it's all a matter of practice. Yeah. But yeah, I personally can relate to that to to stage fright <laughs> quite a lot. And for me, um, I always feel like I want to be 
I don't perform a lot. So when I say I always, that's really exaggerated. But um, when I do perform, I always want to be at the venue way ahead of time. I want to kind of like see the room maybe before it's full of people. I want to, you know, get a feeling for the ambience and and that helps me to calm myself down a little bit like that feeling prepared feeling like i can you know ease into into it and 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 ground myself a little bit but yeah it's a it's an interesting feeling and i don't know do you know whether for brandy the stage fright the stage fright um stops once she's on that stage or you know does, does it persist all through the performance and the show that's that's one that I don't want to speak for her. I can't remember if she said it stops, but I'm pretty sure based off of what she's what I did read and what I did hear her say at different times that it seems to go away um, once she's on stage. She, you know, enjoys and really loves the gift that God gave her while she's on stage. Um, and the the issue is mainly while she's, you know, leading up to it. But I don't want to, you know, of course, misquote her, but. Um, it's, it is interesting that I find that people have different layers. Like some people have the anxiety before some people have it during and some people have it after where they're like, Oh, like now that that's over, like again, to talk about what you said, I think it's massively having to do with the pressure to people, please. It's like, Oh, did I, how did I do? How was I perceived? Um, did I hit that note? Oh, I knew I did this, or you know, and just kind of feeling like you love you love recording the songs, you love everything about what you're doing, but when you hit that stage, you go into this dark space where you just nitpick and you overly analyze, and you can't settle in your sleep well, and it's just one of those situations as well. And like you said, we have to find ways to understand that that's not there's there's a level of you know, analyzing things that's normal. But then when you get to a point where you can kind of derail your self health or like, not, well, mental health and self-worth and feel like you start getting into a pit where your, your self-talk is negative, that's when it's not normal. And you need to find a way to start getting out of that space it, it, we can start feeling like it's normal because it happens so often I do remember her saying that it was like 10 years where she had this stage fright referring to Brandy so a lot of people deal with it for a very long time before it starts to you you learn more you get older and you start feeling like you know what this feeling can't be right and you you really uh, become again self-aware of it being a problem because you start seeing how how you interact with the day-to-day -day life and your day-to-day -day, you know relationships can be affected you know even especially the one with yourself you know that's the worst when you beat yourself up and you and you feel like you're not enough and and that can be a big toll because of your need or desire to please an audience and have people connect and and feel like you you may not have done that yeah even though more than likely you have <laughs> you know even if you need to practice better do something to sharpen your skill it doesn't take away from your worth and and that's it seems where the attack can go yeah that's interesting 
I mean, 10 years, <laughs> that's massive. <laughs> but I, I, I read something similar recently about Stevie Nicks and how she, in an interview, admitted to um, having stage fright and having had stage fright pretty much all of her career, even though she loves being on stage. <laughs> and that's why I was asking about um, whether the minute she steps on the stage, these feelings subside because that that's what happens to a lot of people right it's just that anxiety and then once they have their moment and they step on the stage they feel the love of the audience and the excitement then they feel like okay this is what i'm supposed to do i'm in my element um and that is great i mean that's great if you 100 feel like this is your thing and i think the stage can bring out a a lot of energy that you don't have access to in your you know daily life because you do pick up the energy from the audience and you you are in a special situation and i think it's almost it can be transcendental almost like you know um where you you're bigger than your usual self but i think that again can also lead with to issues as you said that sometimes people once they come off stage they maybe start to process what just happened on that stage and who were they because they themselves feel a little bit like surprised by you know maybe how they delivered or how good it felt and i think this can be tricky as well um and i i think i i think not a lot of people talk about it but there seems to be a lot of people that do uh struggle with post-performance depression where all of a sudden they have to you know kind of like let's say revert back from that high energy feeling to normal energy levels and i think so many people don't know how to deal with the let's say love or the the attention that they'd gotten from the audience while they were on stage being somebody that they feel they are not in real life and then maybe feeling like mm, so what how worthy am i when i'm off stage i think this can you know be be difficult like to distinguish the the stage performer from the real life persona and and not feel like you're only worthy if you're showing your stage persona so um i think that's an interesting topic to look to look into how we sometimes don't know how that affects our identity as an artist and i think a lot of people and I can't say that for myself because I haven't been on stages that much, but I know that some people feel like they are fooling people when they are up on stage because they are in their best moment and they shine and they, you know, deliver a great performance, but they can't be this high energy person every day. So they feel like, oh, they're just putting on an act for the sake of entertaining yeah. people. And that can feel wrong so to say even though it is a part of you it's just not your everyday you know part you, your, your everyday persona but i think that can f get people confused like who am i when i'm on stage and who am i when i'm not yeah it's it's interesting that you bring that up because it seems like that came with an expectation that people value this high energy part of who I am and they don't value what I am off stage. It's like who who said that you have to be 
that person. You know, that's why people have, you know, well, when I'm on stage, I'm this person. When I'm just around, you know, I'm my regular self. Beyonce has Sasha Fierce. And, you know, they talk about all the different people that give themselves like this permission to go into a space and to go into a creative level that is not their normal state (laughs) that is not their normal vibration because they are entertaining that's part of what they you know have signed up for to 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 let people see this beautiful expression of their art you know and that's okay for someone to love that and it's okay for them not to appreciate who you are because that shows that that's not the person for you. That's not the correct. There's not going to be everyone that loves every single part of you. And that's the harsh reality. Like some, and I think it happens because some people expect that and then they get really let down when someone doesn't seem to appreciate how they are on a regular Sunday, you know, and, or a friend that just really loves showing up for your show and saying, yeah, that's my friend up there. That's my girl. That's my, that's my boy. Like they're doing this thing and they love the lights and the glitz, but when they're not on stage and they're not in this, you know, otherworldly realm, they don't care that much, but good because that's revealing and that's what you need And you don't need to hold on to people or those thoughts or those feelings or those words that devalue because that's a part of you, but that's not all of you. And so you shouldn't feel like you're, you know, any lesser than when you are not in this realm. And I think that comes from people really appreciating who they are outside of the music industry and outside of what we're pursuing. And I think just with with my own thoughts, with how I went through this cycle, when I first wanted to get into music, I wanted to actually be the performing artist and be on stage. I was in singing groups and, you know, I, I did it a few times. And then when I was, when I was younger, I did recitals and, you know, I did different performances and, you know, here and there, And then I got older and I was right out of college, joined a group and we did open mics. And I always felt, of course, I had my anxiety going up there, but I was really grateful that it happened before I really started putting pedal to the metal with my pursuit because I did. I felt like I didn't belong there. Like I wasn't sad. I wasn't anxious, um, overly anxious, I should say. Everybody has little butterflies before you get on stage, but I remember feeling really good. The last open mic I did, I felt really good. And it was like, okay, because I heard the little woo and the claps and yeah, like when I hit my notes and I was doing it, I felt, you know, like, yeah, I did it. But I knew like what was start, we started doing more and the auditioning and the practices and like the different things that came with having to get on stage and rehearsals. I was like, this just isn't, I just really like being in the studio writing these songs. (laughs) You know, I like being behind these boards, mixing these records. (laughs) It's just, I don't want to do this. And even though I felt really comfortable with removing myself from the stage, I then transferred my anxiety to my writing and I had to perform in the studio and I had to deliver quick, you know, and it just it just turned into this thing where, again, 
we have to realize that in the in the love of music and in the love of us just really wanting to share our work with people let people see that what we create is beautiful and accept it that we can't let our self-worth be wrapped up in what we do and that's really tough to digest to say that just because you don't if you have a moment where you fall on stage if you have a moment where you suck at your studio session and you can't come up with a word you know your melodies are terrible like you are not a bad person you do not have a horrible gift you are still talented you are still worthy you are still really awesome and all these things and it's really tough to separate that and that can is something that can lead to the depression and lead to all the other feelings you mentioned and we just do it to ourselves but it's not normal and i think once we start talking about it more we'll see that we're not alone and that we shouldn't feel this way and allow ourselves to spiral based off yeah. of trying to please the world <laughs> you know yeah this is so true and yeah this is very insightful um samantha and i suppose it just comes with the nature of being an artist and as an artist being vulnerable it all comes back to vulnerability mm -hmm. as so often <laughs> and it's interesting because i just recently read uh in a book i read about how you know yeah music didn't start out it wasn't set up this way you know in, in the history of time it music was about participating and in most cultures you see music and dance you know they go together because somebody would sing something and perform something and maybe play an instrument but then people would participate and it wasn't so much about the performer this like new age of audience versus performer uh, situation adds so much pressure because yes the performer is in the spotlight with all their vulnerability whether that's on a stage or in a studio. Obviously, in a studio, you have the advantage of being able to do overdubs, as many overdubs as you need, and you know you can go back and re-record things. So it's it's a there's a little less pressure, let's say. But obviously, also if you're working on a budget and you don't want to you know take up too much studio time and you don't want to disappoint the people you work with, then that can also get to you. But overall, yeah, it's I think this is one of the, th the hardest things to manage is that allowing yourself to be imperfect, you know, allowing allowing yourself to be your your most authentic, flawed <laughs> version of yourself, striving to always give your best, but not but knowing that you can't always do the best, you know. It's like it won't always come out the best so yeah i think that's a very interesting topic and yes i agree it's important to address it because the music industry can be particularly difficult in terms of like taking a toll on people's mental health and i mean mainly the artist's me mental health you know it's not it's not so much the managers and the people in the background that that have to deal with that pressure it's it's usually the artists and so what can we do about that like how can we find ways to to take better care of our artists in our society in general 
you know, not, you know, d see the value that they bring and, and really appreciate them and, and support them so that they are not left alone. I fully agree with that. And I'll even add something. I've, I see that there's so much on the artist. Like you said, the spotlight is on them and, you know, the light can burn regardless of, you know, how much uh, is desired and how much they even love it. But there are other, as we know, other parts of the business where you're still supposed to perform. And that's, you know, producers and songwriters. And they too, just from talking to different colleagues that they also have a lot of the pressure and, you know, depression with feeling like oh, only I would have, or what about, should I sign this deal? And I did sign this deal, but I didn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not delivering like I, I'm better than this. You know, it's, it almost is like, you said, it's the, the culture that has been built, you know, from the head down, you know, the artists that you see, what they're dealing with to the people that they work with to you know the the settings where the business is being held it's to where they're recording the music it's just a big pressure cooker and yeah pressure makes diamonds sure that's nice to say and it's true <laughs> you know it's no one says that life is going to be easy and that you're not supposed to practice and you know grind it out and work hard absolutely but there is still something to say about taking care of the mental health and the the culture. Like you said, something. Why can't we find a way to prioritize how the artists are, you know, going at it? How you know the people that the artists are working with are in a stable position of you know their 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 art and honestly finances. You know how finances are being handled you know how how deals are laid out you know and having sound attorneys to to look this over educating yourself enough so that you can know when something looks good and when something doesn't you know and how it bows as you're pursuing your dreams and what you might have to do you know for extra money and how that doesn't make you any less of an artist you know if you're in a position where you're trying to you know feed your dream it's just a lot of things that are never taught, <laughs> especially when you're in school and like, yeah, you go, you go to school, you go to college, you get a good, you know, good education and you start your career. That's how a lot of people see it. But if you're a creative, that may not be your pathway all the time. So what do you do as an alternative? Because I know here that's, that's your method to success. Like get an education, go get a higher degree and get a good job all right, well, if that's not how my life is set up, how, how am I supposed to figure it out? You know, and why can't we have yeah. those discussions? Why can't there be an alternative route for those people? And so that's that's something that pulls my heart and that I know I always have um, you as well. <laughs> I know we had to talk, so I know you feel the you know similar way, but that's something that I've always wanted to address because I just think that that's a, that's a trying state to be in you know and yeah we don't have to do it alone there's so many of us that go through it that can help one another you know and we're on that path i really do believe that. i agree i agree and i think you said something um that kind of like sums it up well it's um you know supporting artists in in terms of educating themselves you know giving them access to like you said 
whether that be lawyers or other or managers or even just you know helping them educate themselves so that they can create and sign those contracts because i think that can ultimately help you feel empowered as an artist and you are no longer completely dependent on other people and i think that somehow in the long run that can also help you uh, in dealing with your uh, stage anxiety because you're no longer dependent and you're no longer you know you know you're not so much like a prey anymore you don't have to function because you can maybe decide where you want to play which gigs you want to say yes to and which gigs you want to say no to and even just that that bit of independence can lessen your overall anxiety that i think sometimes we you know within release <laughs> when we have to go on stage so i totally believe in that like you said in in educating each other helping each other and creating a community you know among amongst artists and start talking about all these topics and, and seeing how we can all help each other yeah i think that's a beautiful conclusion in a way of today's um you know today's chat that we had and yeah i'm curious to to see how how people relate to that and i'm curious to see you know whether this this resonates with other artists it, it sure does with me yeah <laughs> that's for yeah, sure that's, this is definitely going to be a fun one to hear feedback from you know we we open arms welcome feedback with all of our episodes but this one i think is going to be extra special to hear you know to hear what people go through because we're all in it together and that's why we have this platform and we share it with you all because we just we, we love having these moments where we can come together and make our lives a little, you know, simpler and easier through the stories we share with one another. I agree. This was fun, Samantha. I <laughs> can't believe we're back at it. And yeah, I'm excited to jump into a new episode with you in two weeks. And until then, I'd say keep creating. Keep creating. And we will see you guys back here very soon next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. You just listened to another episode of The Pen and The Voice, a podcast dedicated to the creative process of storytelling, songwriting, and artistry. A new episode drops every other week on all major podcast services. Make sure to subscribe to our show to not miss a thing and visit us on our socials or sign up to our mailing list via the links in the show notes. Stay tuned and keep being creative. All the best from Samantha and Katie.